Welcome to the Radiant Podcast. We are so glad you joined us today. This podcast features messages, interviews, and discussions from Radiant Church located in Seneca, South Carolina. For more information about Radiant, visit RadiantChurchSC.com. Here's today's episode. Hey, welcome to Radiant Church. My name is Andrew. I'm the lead pastor. We're so glad you could join us today from wherever you're watching or listening from. This is your first time joining us. Hey, go to RadiantChurchSC.com and click I'm new. We fill out that short form online for us as a way of saying thanks. We're going to donate $5 to one of the nonprofits that's listed. We are getting closer to the end of our teaching series. It's focused on the family. We're going to wrap everything up next week and then jump back into the book of Daniel to kick off the summer when June rolls around. Uh, Building strong, healthy, stable families, that's really important. In fact, it's so important that seven out of 10 families wish for more stability than anything else. Did you know that? More even than money. Uh, how do we get to that point where we've built stable families in our lives? Well, if you have God, right? If you let Him build your family, that's one way to do it. That's really the only way to do it. Psalm 127, one's been our theme verse, and it says this, unless the Lord builds a house, the work of the builders is wasted. So we want God to build our families, and we've covered a few topics in this series that will help us do just that as well. And we spent some time in the first week talking about foundational keys to a healthy marriage, how you build strong, stable marriages. Then we tapped into the power of forgiveness, something that I think is really important for stability within our families. On Mother's Day, we learned about Jochebed and, and her strong faith. That's Moses' mother. Last week, we covered the topic of sexuality. Man, I can't stress this enough. If you missed it, go back and watch and listen to that message. Nobody wants to talk about this topic in the church. It's, you know, it's too controversial. It's too intolerant. We talked about it, and we talked about it from a solid biblical perspective, looking at the whole person, not just the set group of people. Now, today we're jumping into a teaching that is it's, it's near and dear to me. In fact, it's one that I've said I would speak on every single year at Radiant Church. So at some point, this message comes out in in the calendar year for us, at least once a year, we're going to look at how to bring stability to our families by building faith at home. I was a privileged kid growing up in the sense that, you know, I had both parents who loved and cared for me. Now, I didn't know that at the time, of course, right? I didn't appreciate that at the time really either. Uh, not everybody had that growing up. Not everyone had parents who loved them and taught them and corrected them. And so I recognized that my upbringing uh, it's both similar to many of you, but it's also different from many of you, depending on you know, your story. Uh, but I remember growing up in a strong, healthy family. It, it wasn't perfect. Like, let's be honest, like no family is. Uh, every family, to some extent, is dysfunctional. We all have issues, so that's not really unique. Uh, but having a relatively strong, healthy family, that is unique. It was unique back then in the 90s, and it's, it's unique really here today, too. Um, we were in church every single time the doors were open. I mean, all the time. If my parents couldn't make it, I had grandparents that could make it, or some other family member who would take us to church so that we didn't miss. So we were not the, the only family like that, of course. I had friends who grew up in a similar you know, manner and style, and there were other families in our church growing up that were kind of like that. But as I got older, I did notice there were some differences that began to develop. So my family was pretty consistent in and out of church. Now, again, like we, we weren't perfect, okay? We, we, we weren't. My parents prayed with us, though, every single day. 
They read and talked through devotions with us. My dad made it a priority to teach every kid he, he coached the Lord's Prayer so that kids who didn't have a faith connection at home could at least have one on the ball field. We didn't compartmentalize our life into a public life and, and a private life. You know, faith was really kind of woven into the fabric of who we were. It was really all-encompassing. Now, that's different from other folks uh, who, who were in our church that, that were great people, but they, they had compartmentalized their entire lives. They had a public life. They had a private life. And so most of them didn't really, you know, they didn't really pray together, didn't read the devotions together, didn't talk about God a whole lot at home. And because they had a compartmentalized way of living, it was almost like they had two different lives. Like, hey, we're going to go to church, and we're going to live this way, and you know, our faith and spirituality, it's all like right here, and then we're going to go home. We're going to live this way, this, you know, without church and faith, and it's a different way we're going to live. You know, and that's kind of how it worked. And in the short term, it might have been fine, but in the long run, um, spiritually speaking, anyway, those families began to fall apart. And so what I realized over the years was that the difference between the types of families centered on the value of building faith at home. Our faith was a, a part of us and who we were. My parents reinforced it. My grandparents, my aunt and uncle, they all reinforced it. I mean, it was, it was really everywhere. And so I'm convinced that the answer to helping kids grow in their faith isn't, isn't more student ministries or kids ministries or any other kind of organized church activity. I, I love all those things. We, we need more ministries. I, I'm looking forward to the day when, when Radiant can have a solid student ministry because we're going to need that. I spent five years as a youth pastor. I'm all on board with these types of things and ministries. But if you want kids to choose Christ and stay grounded in their faith, the answer is not more church activities and more church ministries. It's not filling up the church calendar and having it compete with you know, the school calendar and all the other activities that families are involved in. The answer is building a solid faith at home. But what does that even look like? How, how, how do you do that? <laughs> Why is it so important? Why can't we just make sure that we're in a church all the time? Why can't that, that, that just cut it? Why can't we make, make it a point for the kids to be saturated with Christian podcasts and music and the entire Christian subculture that we've made? Like, you know, that's, that's really what I want to explore today and talk about. So, you know, like all of us, we want the next generation to serve and follow the Lord. But I think many Christians, maybe even you today, you've bought into the lie that, that faith is reserved for church and religious activities. But, you know, you can talk at God at church all you want, but it's not at work, not in school. And believe it or not, like nowadays, like not even at home, it's too controversial. Your faith is not supposed to be the center of your life in our world right now, but, and that's been trending for some time, but that's not how this thing's going to work. You can't compartmentalize everything, which includes your faith. You can't do that if you're trying to help your family see who Christ is. How it has to work is you have to publicly model your faith and raise your kids to know and follow the Lord. So let me tell you why it's such a sense of urgency on my part. To, to really talk about this and get this out. Because we've seen how this plays out. We've seen it before. Even the godliest generation failed to practice this. I want to take you to Judges chapter 2, verse number 10. After that generation died, another generation grew up who had not acknowledged the Lord or remember the mighty things He had done for Israel. Now who is this generation the author of Judges is speaking about? Well, the generation which died are the children who with their families witnessed the ten plagues in Egypt. 
They, they walked across the Red Sea on dry ground. They saw the walls of Jericho fall. They took possession of the promised land, which is today Israel. Like This was Israel's version of the, the greatest generation, if you will, okay? And yet we read that their kids did not acknowledge the Lord or remember the mighty things He had done. That's Judges 2.10. So how in the world does this happen? Because it almost doesn't even seem plausible at this point. Let me tell you how it happened. As great as that generation was, they'd forgotten the instruction from Deuteronomy chapter 6. In Deuteronomy 6, this generation that died, that we just read about, they're preparing to finally enter into the land that God had promised them. And so Moses is repeating God's law to them. That's actually what Deuteronomy means. It's, it's repetition. It means repeated law. It's a more consolidated repetition of what you read uh, about in, in, in Leviticus, okay? So in Deuteronomy 6, Moses challenges families to build their faith at home. He wants Israel to understand the importance of ingraining God's word into their families. And he knows, man, if, if they don't do this, the future consequences, they could be disastrous. In fact, Moses' words that we're going to look at here, uh, they give us three steps to creating spiritually healthy, stable families at home. Listen to what he says in Deuteronomy 6, verse number 6. You must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road, when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. If we want to build healthy families, stable families, whose next generation is going to follow and know the Lord, we have to be intentional about building faith in our homes. First step is to make sure that our families commit to following the Lord. This seems really obvious, but the truth is, like, we're really good at talking a good game of commitment, but we're often kind of lousy at actually staying committed, right? Like, we don't do a good job of that. Commitment goes beyond the, the prayer just to say yes to Christ. It, 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 it's a lifestyle. So your entire life is supposed to be prioritized around your commitment to Jesus. It's supposed to consume you and who you are. I'm completely committed to my wife and my kids. Christ and, and following God's will are very important. They're number one, but, but nothing else aside from that really gets in the way of my commitment to family. I'm committed on, on, on the good days on the bad days. I take care of my family when they're sick. I celebrate with them when we hit, you know, milestones. Like, man, I'm all in with my wife and kids. And our commitment to God is supposed to be even greater than that. Listen, if that's true, uh, then should we make sure that our families that we're leading are absolutely completely committed to God as well? Can I ask you something, man? Do you spend time talking about God together? Do you spend time praying together? Do you, do you make engaging with your church community a priority? That is not the same, by the way, as just attending. Engagement is participation. It's, it's giving and serving and praying for people. It's going all in and doing life with different believers. Are you taking the lead in discipling your family? I know life's crazy. I know there's ball games and tournaments. I know many of you guys work in shifts, and those of you who, who have higher level positions, man, you've got some heavy decisions you have to make that weigh on uh, you, and, and you've got a demanding job that you're in day in and day out of, and I understand the day-to-day -day stress and how you take inventory of your life. You just begin to cut things away that you think are expendable because you have to have breathing room. Oh my gosh, like I totally get that. I do. 
but I'm going to be brutally honest with you, man, okay? You cannot, under any circumstances, outsource the spiritual growth of your family to the church. You can't do it. It can't be something you mark as expendable to create margin in your life. If you do, you will feed your family a steady diet of fast food discipleship that they cannot live on, and in the long run is going to create unhealthy, unstable families. Fast food tastes great, right? But it doesn't fix that hunger. You're still hungry a little bit later, you know? It's not nutritious. It doesn't lead you to a place of health. And yet this is the kind of spiritual life many people in their families are living. And then they begin to wonder, like, well, where did things go wrong when, when, when some stuff starts to crack and fall apart later on? I want you to pay attention to this for a moment. Stop whatever you're doing. If you're running, uh, try, to, try to focus. If you're driving, turn the volume up, okay? Listen to me. As a pastor, we get you for about like an hour and a half a week. I, I know the math here. If you're involved in a group, maybe another hour and a half, so three hours total. Before 2020 in the pandemic, most folks attended church on average two times a month. Group attendance is basically about the same. So the typical Christian family was getting on average six hours of teaching and discipleship each month from the church. You know how many hours, by the way, are in a typical month? Now it varies a little bit because you, know, you got February, it was 28 days, some months have 30, some have 31 days. But on average, there's 730 hours in a month. And only six of them are spent at church. Let that sink in for a moment. Six out of 730. Your family cannot have a healthy, sustainable spiritual life surviving on six hours of church-based teaching and discipleship. It will not end well. Can't stress enough the importance of taking time to intentionally disciple your family to be committed to the Lord. And this is not just for parents with kids. It's for you, grandparents. It's for empty nesters. It's for you who are single but aspire to get married one day. This is important. If you can build faith at home, you will most likely have healthy, stable families in the long run. Don't let everything else crowd out the spiritual growth of, of, of not only your kids, but also your marriage and yourself as well. Matthew 16, 26 teaches this, the important principle that, that it, it does us no good to gain everything and yet lose our souls in the process. So if you want your kids to remain strong in their faith when they leave home, make sure as a family you're consistently engaged with the church community. Make sure they're engaged in ministry opportunities together. Make sure they're in a group. Make sure you're prioritizing your life around family devotions, around prayer, around teaching and modeling. That's important. Live that faith out. What that faith looks like to the next generation. Step number two. Healthy families teach about the Lord. Moses says this in, in verse number 7. Repeat them, this is God's word, again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home. Talk about them when you're on the road, when you're going to bed, and when you're getting up. Even if you attend church every Sunday, even if you go to a small group every week, that's only three hours, right, that you're receiving spiritual teaching and discipleship, if God's design is for families to be spiritually healthy, some serious teaching has to happen at home. 
Remember our scripture from, from Judges, right? That next generation grew up. They didn't acknowledge the Lord. They didn't remember what He did for Israel. Now, I'm not even sure how that happens unless you're not talking about your faith at home. And, and to be fair, they might have felt like they didn't really need to. Right? Because miracle after miracle is happening all around them every day. Like, why teach about God? It's pretty obvious. He is at work, you know? I mean, they witness His power and majesty all the time. But sometimes when we're so close to something, we get used to it. And we can take it for granted. We have to be careful that we don't take for granted how involved or connected we are with the church community. You might be here every week all the time. We might be part of a group every single semester. But don't assume it's enough for your family. Because I'm telling you right now, it is not. If you're not talking about and living out your faith at home, then God becomes the end result of a religious ritual or act. Yeah, you go to church each week, great. But if nothing is different, your faith isn't lived out. If you aren't teaching in your home, then all you have is a great religious experience. You don't really have Jesus. And your family needs to see that faith lived out every day. Live it. Talk it. Teach it. Model it. We started teaching our kids as newborns about God. Every night we'd speak over their lives, who God says they are. We prayed over them. We, we, we read children's Bible stories. My, my middle son doesn't quite talk yet, but he's learned what to do for, you know, when, when we pray and how that works. Our oldest son has learned how to pray. Both of them expect, you know, a Bible story to get taught before we ever read. If they give a Miss Muffin or Dr. Seuss or whatever it is we're reading for the night. We strongly believe in teaching our kids about God and who He is at the youngest age possible. We want them to know the Lord. Just because mom and dad are in ministry and they're in church like all the time doesn't mean they're going to grow up knowing anything about God. You can know a whole lot of stuff, but if no one lives it out and models it for you, it doesn't really do a whole lot for you, you know? We learn a lot by watching other people, by seeing how knowledge can be applied. So your family needs to see how you're living out your faith, applying that faith so they can follow. This next generation and judges, they grew up not knowing God, and because of that, they also didn't really know who they were either. See, our identity is found in who God is and who God says we are. And if you don't know God, you already know who you are and why you're here. This generation grew up not knowing that, and because of that, because they didn't have parents who taught them right from wrong and who God was, because of all those things, when they became the leaders of tomorrow, they created a world of chaos where every person did what seemed right in their own eyes. The entire book of Judges is a sad commentary on this generation and the ones which followed it. Not only were they not taught about God, we read they could not remember the mighty things He had done for Israel. Just Judges 2.10. We need to teach our faith at home so our families can remember who God is and what He's done. And that brings us to the third and final step here to building faith at home. Healthy families need to remember the Lord. In verses six, or chapter 6, verses 8 through 9 of Deuteronomy, Moses tells families they should commit, they should teach, but they also have to remember God. Whenever God does something great in the Old Testament, people would set up monuments or, or, or stones as memorials. So they would always remember how God moved and how God acted. Every time they passed by, they were to teach their families about what happened. Why that stone's there. 
who God was, what, what power and glory were on display, how it impacted and changed the community. We hold on to things in our homes to serve as memory triggers, right? So like I, I'm a big sports fan. I got all kinds of sports stuff. I got autographs from guys like Sandy Koufax, Joe DiMaggio, Phil Negro. I mean, those are baseball's glory days, right? That's, that's some great stuff. In our bedroom, we have the wedding stuff, the fruits we drank from, the candle, unity vase, you know, all, all that kind of thing to remind my wife and I about the day we said yes to each other. Uh, many of you have similar things in your homes, and, and each one triggers a memory and probably a story too, right? But when it comes to our faith, uh, we don't really need actual things to trigger memories and stories. In fact, we are the memorial stones. First Peter chapter 2 says that you who are following after Christ, you're living stones. You have stories to tell about God's power at work. Do you remember, man, who you used to be before Christ found you? Do you remember the time you're at the end of your rope and you needed God to step in in a big way and, man, He came through for you? Do you, do you can you point back to the events where God's power and presence were demonstrated in and through you? Those are the stories that have to be remembered. They're the ones that should be shared so your family can remember the power of God at work in their lives. We remember God's power and how it's at work. It reinforces our commitment to Him. It reinforces our drive to teach people all about Him. Healthy, stable families are committed to the Lord. They teach about Him. And they remember His power and His works. It's easy to start doing this, but if you aren't sure where to start, hey, no worries. Listen, I'm going to give you two quick steps of how to implement this. That's it. Just two quick steps. Number one, praying with your family starts when you do it consistently every single day. So start doing every single day consistently. Carve out time for it. My dad did this on the drive to school every morning. doesn't really matter where you do it, but find a place to start praying consistently every day. Step number two, read through devotions and scripture. We can help resource you with this if you want it. In fact, if you go to our website, click on our kids page, you'll find a link to Radiant Kids Online Experience. This is where you can watch the kids' lessons together each week, <clears throat> where you're also going to find parent guides and God time cards, which are devotionals to help you walk through those lessons with your kids. And if you need help with any other resource for your marriage, students, single you know, adults, hey, we want to help you with that. Just reach out to us, office at radiantchurchsc.com, and we'll equip you, okay? That's our main job as pastors, as a church, is to equip you to do the work of the ministry. And if you can make prayer and scripture consistent parts of your life with your family, you're going to begin to see faith at home develop. And, 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 I, and I'm, I'm telling you, man, your family is going to get rooted in Christ. And as you pray and as you read, talk openly about your faith. Make sure to share stories of God at work in your life. Make Christ just as an integral part of your family life at home as He is when you're in church. If you can build faith at home, your family, I'm telling you, it's going to be rooted. Proverbs 22 6 says this that if we direct our kids onto the right path, this is God's path here, when they're older, they won't leave from it. And I really believe this. Now you may have seasons where your kids aren't serving God, and some are longer than we'd like to be, for sure, right? But there's a promise here that if we will direct our kids, our family, God's way, He will root them and build a foundation of faith. And I believe that if they're far from God, they will one day find their way back home. But it starts with you building faith 
in their hearts and in their lives, not in church, but in your home. We pray for you. Father, I love you. Thank you for every person watching and listening here today. Lord, I pray for their families. I pray, God, that right now, what, what a crazy time to raise a family. So many challenges in our world right now. It's probably never been more difficult than it is now to raise a family to love and serve you. Lord, I pray you would encourage these families. I pray, God, you would strengthen these families. I pray, Lord, that they would, they would teach about who you are, remember who you are, God. They would be consistent in their prayer lives, Lord. They would be consistent in how they live out their faith and how they model it. Lord, I pray they take time to model uh, that faith and to build that faith at home. Lord, the family is where the influence takes place at. It's, it's not in church or in school. It's within our families. And so, God, I pray that these families become healthy. And as they become healthy and strong, and stable as they become God families who are rooted in you they're going to be lights in this world they're going to make a difference for you they're going to make an impact in the community and people around them and I want to thank you Lord uh, for, for touching every family bless every family give them favor keep your hand upon them Lord I pray and I thank you now for every family who's being rooted in you who's taking the steps Lord right now to, 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 to build a solid foundation of faith that first starts at home Home. Reward that, I pray, God. Bless that, I pray, Lord. May their families be strong, healthy, and stable and impactful in the community. We pray this in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or would like to reach out to us, you can do so by emailing us at media at radiantchurchsc.com or visit one of our social accounts on Facebook, Instagram, or if you like what you heard today, subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes and give us a five-star rating on the podcast platform that you listen to. We hope you have an amazing rest of your day.